Welcome back, everybody, to this bonus edition of Drunk Bible Study Bonus Time for episode 169. Nice. nice. The start of Ezekiel. So many exciting things happening. Oh, wow. Holy moly. What a start. It was really, really awesome. Loved I worry every about, second. I worry about Ezekiel being able to maintain that level of excitement. I don't think he's going <sighs> to. Yeah. That's a lot to live up to. I kind of agree. <laughs> yeah. It's all going to go down from here. But that's, you know what? We can't have everything. Kind of like the Lion King on Broadway. You know, Julie Taymor yeah. just really gave it. Blows the whole load right at the beginning and can't really maintain <laughs> that afterwards. Yeah. Well, she did what yeah. she could. The Lion King and Ezekiel in the class <laughs> together. There you go. Yeah. So for this bonus, uh, I'm going to be looking a little bit at. At um, Jeremiah, uh, sorry, not Jeremiah. Gosh, I'm see, I'm still stuck in the past. Ezekiel, and lying on his side for however many days, and like yeah. what may have really happened, what's really going on there. And then Emily's going to talk to us about casting choices. So, so we're actually like we're talking to people's agents and maybe mm-hmm. bringing in some people for auditions today. And then Dedeker, you're talking about ancient aliens, of course. I'm aliens. We love those. Damn aliens, though. Yep. Yeah. All righty. All right. I'm going to start us out here. So, okay. I was very excited to see that this question was indeed asked on the hermeneutics stack exchange. Oh, good. Which is one of our favorite resources. And essentially, the question that was asked was this. Was like, hang on now. So, in the... So, remember he gave us that very specific date when he had this vision and he started this whole thing? And it was the 30th year, his 30th year, mm-hmm. in the fourth month of the fifth day of the month, and like kind of gave very specifics. And it was like the fifth year of the king of Jehoiakim's captivity. So it's like, okay, we know that date. Mm-hmm. And then we established this 390 days of lying on his left side for Jerusalem, and then another 40 days of lying on his right side for Judah. And so altogether, we have 430 days of lying on his side. Apparently, we haven't gotten here yet, mm-hmm. probably next time, or maybe the one after that. But in Ezekiel chapter 8, there's another date that's mentioned, which is the sixth year and the sixth month on the fifth day. And the person being like, wait a minute, that's not 430 days later. That's oh. sooner than that. Oh. So that's the question that they asked. It was like, how could he be seen sitting in his place if he's still doing this lying on his side thing? Interesting. Couple different answers came up. Couple different styles of answer, I should say. Categories of answer, maybe. One is, bro, you're doing calendars wrong. Which mm. fair, fair enough. Calendars back in that time were a lot more confusing and less regular than they are now. Oh yeah, yeah. Lots of disagreements. Yes. But basically saying that his years were on the lunar calendar, not our years, which are on a solar calendar. And so that's going to be a little bit different. Plus, there are these things called intercalary intercal intercalary months. What intercalary? <laughs> Which I think like a calendar intercalary Are. months. All right, okay. That I think the idea there is that um, it's what I think we talked about this a little bit. Like, gosh, probably years ago, but about the early Jewish calendar that instead of doing leap years every four years, they would every some number of years do a leap month or like multiple oh. leap months huh, to kind of really? catch themselves back into the cycle to like match the seasons properly. 
So basically, someone did some complicated math and was like, look, that equals 440 days. So that gave him plenty of time to do all of this. Wow. So that's answer number one. Answer category number one was like something about no calendars. You got to figure it out. Second answer, which is not necessarily mutually exclusive with the first one, but this one came up a lot in a lot of different places. And that's that it's never made clear that he's supposed to lie on his side 24-7. Okay, yeah, that's Yeah, that, that was my question. Is, is it just like anytime you go to sleep, yeah. that's what you got to do? So that's the question. And people have theorized maybe it was eight hours a day. Maybe it was when he was sleeping, but probably mm. it was while he was awake if it's supposed to be a kind of object lesson about like mm. bearing the suffering of these. It wouldn't make sense for it to just be sleeping, but more this is sort of a a meditation or a demonstration or something like that. And the idea is that he's lying on his left side, meaning that he is facing from where he was, I guess, east toward Jerusalem. Okay. And then lying on his right side, he would have been facing the opposite direction, west, which would have been toward Judah for the 40 days. Um, so one day per year of their iniquity leading up to their downfall or whatever. So basically by that argument, it's like, well, okay, he did this thing, which was maybe trying. And also he was supposedly tied up, which is unclear. Mm, yeah. Yes, I remember the binds. Yeah, what's yes. that? And everyone's like, who knows? Is it a metaphor? Wow. Is it real? Okay. Did Yahweh do it? Was it someone else? Did he tie himself up? Who knows? No one, no one had a good answer for that. But basically it's kind of more like this was a specific meditation or an object lesson or kind of an exercise that he was doing that, that Yahweh told him to do to kind of go through this trial or tribulation or suffering or whatever to to kind of show like the seriousness of of all of this or something. So for him to be sitting up, even if it were less than that many days, sitting up and talking to people is fine because it just wasn't during his time of lying on his side doing his meditation or whatever. Okay. So that's kind of the two different explanations or answers to that question that I came to, which I think are not, again, not mutually exclusive. Maybe it was both, that he doesn't talk to those guys until after the days of doing that, but also he wasn't doing it 24 hours a day. And they make the argument of like, because part of this was you should be baking these muffin Ezekiel breads out in the open with dung every day. So like clearly yeah, he's not yeah. lying down all day. No, thank goodness because and they didn't, he would get bed sores. Right, and they didn't have a mechanism for keeping bread for more than a year. So it's like he clearly yeah. had to have been cooking that every day. So anyway, that's that's the basic gist of the answers to it. I did, in searching this though, find one funny thing I wanted to share with you. What? Which is about Ezekiel's very vivid description of seeing God. Mm. And... The question is, Ezekiel gives this really amazing, wonderful, wild description of, of seeing God. But, you know, Elijah doesn't do that or Isaiah doesn't do that. So, like, yeah, was he what's up with that? closer to God than Isaiah was? Uh, no. And basically, what I can see from here is that to the Jewish scholars, them's fighting words. And the answer, oh boy, really? the answer, this is so good. This is so good. Let me see. Where's the, where's the source of this one? Yeah, so this is from, from other Jewish writings and things like that, including the Midrash as well as some other writings. It basically, it's that 
Ezekiel describes the appearance of the throne of God in all its glory. This is not because he'd seen more of it than Isaiah, but rather because Isaiah was so used to it. It's kind of like a courtier and a peasant, that the peasant is going to describe the throne room of the king as being really amazing. And to the courtier, it's like, yeah, this is everyday stuff. Okay. So kind of throwing some shade at Ezekiel of like, Mm -hmm. he describes it like this because he only got to see it the once. Whereas like Isaiah was there all the time in the kingdom of God with his alien spaceships and stuff. So it was like no big deal to him. Wow, really? Fascinating. Okay. That's, that's, I mean, huh. obviously they don't say alien spaceships and stuff. That was me editorializing. But, wow. But that was the idea, yeah. That's really interesting. Okay. Well, let's move on to casting. We're going to be on our casting yes. couch right yes. now. Mm-hmm. So, okay. I I went back and forth with this I trying to find people who were method actors and trying to find people who were <laughs> oh, really wow, hot okay. actors. Because we need someone to lie on their side for actually 430 method. days. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> trying to find method actors and trying to find really hot actors. And a lot of these people overlapped, quite frankly. So okay. here we go. Yeah. But something that someone that came to mind, I don't know if you all have seen um, Tom Ford did a movie that was like a serious man or a, a simple man, I think is what it was called. And it was a very a single like, man, a single man. It was it? Yeah. It was a very like <laughs> sexual, sensual movie between like okay. a guy realizing that he was gay and, you know, uh, okay. with this beautiful boy, uh, who Starring was Colin Firth. Yes. Colin Firth and Nicholas Holt, who I remember oh. seeing the film at the time and being like that boy, he was, you know, I don't know, 20 or 21 at the time, is one of the most gorgeous people I've ever seen in my life. Like, in that film, he was just stunningly beautiful. He was very striking. Okay. Exactly. Very striking boy. Okay. Okay. Yeah. okay, so that's one candidate. Yeah, so, okay, he was one of my picks. All right. Ryan Gosling, because we haven't used him yet, Ooh. he was oh, another pick. Yeah, really, really good looking also. Yeah. And and interesting, and I feel like he could go there in the role. Yeah, he you know, could go to a weird, tripped out kind of place. Yeah. Yes. And then I moved into looking up method actors. And this is, you know, a non-man, but Charlize mm-hmm. Theron came up as a method mm-hmm. actor, also freaking gorgeous. Didn't know she was a method actor. Well, huh. she was in Monster. Okay. In that film yeah. Monster. Yeah. Like she she gained a bunch of weight for it and, you know, wore prosthetic teeth and all this stuff and, you know, right. won an Oscar. So okay. well done okay. her. Good job, Charlize. Also, Jamie Foxx. Huh. Okay. Which, yeah, we're always, let's not constantly cast white people. Jamie Foxx is very attractive and also did method acting for a couple of his films for Ray and stuff like that. Adrian Brody is another one. Gosh, okay. There's a lot of... I know. I don't think, I mean, Adrian Brody's interesting. I don't think he's quite that same... Clearly, you are the child of two That's true. human yeah. beings. Okay, Adrian Brody's out. Okay, fine. So my final one is Christian Bale. Of course. Goodness. Who it has method acted. But wait, no, 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 no. He already plays Baal. Uh, you're right. Oh, he's, okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're balls. right, you're right. Yeah. Okay, then never mind. Okay. <laughs> he's already cast. <laughs> he's got his own spinoff series already. So we have four people, four people okay. up for this. So, yeah. Okay. I mean, I like Ryan Gosling. I think that's where I would vote. Yeah? What do you think, Chase? <sighs> Gosh, the guys is a good is a good option. He's good because I do think he does kind of he can do the kind of haunted 
something. Like he's, there's a certain look in his eyes of like being a little bit haunted by something, which I feel like Ezekiel would need to have. Mm-hmm. I think that's certainly a possibility. Like he's had, yeah, kind of, it, it, you might think that he's had a rough time with life, even though I'm sure that he's had just a fine time with his life in real life. But I don't know. It, it, y'all saw Drive, I'm sure. He was really intense in that. So, okay, this my hipster moment is that I developed a crush on Ryan Gosling when he <laughs> debuted in Remember the Titans. So basically, I was into <sighs> Ryan Gosling before, before everyone else cool, thought he was yeah. hot. Okay. okay. When he okay. was just like a tiny little boy, and I was like, ooh, this is a cute boy. <laughs> I remember him in that movie about when he is it falls in love with the sex doll. Uh, Lars and the Real Girl. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. Yes, Lars yeah. and the Real Girl. Yes. Great film. Yeah. Great film. Okay, uh, let me just talk through this here. Tell me, tell me what okay. you think. So okay. being a prophet basically means going through a lot of shit. Yeah. Right? Getting put through a lot of garbage. Uh, uh, being a prophet in this time. I should clarify, mm-hmm. right? The the former prophets live in life large, right? It was great. The latter prophets, like Jeremiah, right? Mm-hmm. You're kind of a little more downtrodden and stuff like that. Had a really rough time, yeah. I feel like we could start Ryan Gosling off as like a really hot guy and then, you know, throw a bunch of dirt on him by the end. Yeah. Yeah, I think he could do the downtrodden by life. And if he's willing to lose a lot of weight, you know, as the role goes on to look kind of emaciated and stuff, mm-hmm. I could see that working. He's also a good age for it. So I was looking and Jamie Foxx is already older He's than older. than Ezekiel yeah. was when he died. Oh, So wow. I just think he might be a little, or not when he died, but like when the book stops, maybe he dies. Okay. I don't know. I don't know if he dies. Uh, but but he's already a little older than that. I like Jamie Foxx though. We should definitely put him on our list. Yeah, for uh, sure. As, as someone to cast somewhere else. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, I think Gosling, well, let's bring him in. Okay. Next episode. We'll bring him in. We'll we'll float him to our audience. Yeah. See how people okay. feel, but he's okay. made the short list for now. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. Okay. I, I did want to clarify for our audience that we did talk about Sebastian Stan, but we already cast him as David. And somehow all yeah, of us I, forgot that fact. So <laughs> I know. Yeah. I, anytime people ask me like who you know, who got this part? I'm like, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I have to check our <laughs> Yeah, Moses was yeah. Benedict we have Cumberbatch. A huge cast. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. All I know is that Yahweh is the rock, clearly. Yes. Everyone knows yeah. that. No one can forget that. And, no. and everyone knows that Beyonce is Asherah and that Christian yes. Bale is Baal. Those are the yeah. three like constantly recurring characters. <laughs> yes, they're the ones, but yeah. everyone else, it's kind of up for grabs. But I do like that, yeah, now we know that Joshua is Henry Cavill and Rahab mm-hmm. is Eva mm-hmm. Green. And so mm-hmm. the descendant, we've got to figure that out. Ryan Gosling yes. would be a good descendant of them, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like it. Let's see it. Let's see it. Okay, folks, you want to hear about aliens? Yes, always. I love it. I'm so excited. Now, that's a little bit deceptive because instead of <sighs> really talking about aliens, I'm mostly going to be talking about people who think that they're aliens mm, okay. in the Bible, <laughs> okay. which is really the more interesting part of it. Sure. So, yeah, I went to, you know, look up clips from ancient aliens regarding Ezekiel. And I think the unfortunate thing is that Ezekiel, for people who believe or want to believe, want to believe. that there are alien encounters in the Bible, you know, Ezekiel's such low hanging fruit. It's too easy. It's too easy. Right. Right. You know, with the Ark of the Covenant, we had to stretch a little bit, be like, oh, maybe it could be this. Maybe it could have been magnetic or could have, you know, been like the Baghdad battery where it held up this charge. You know, you get a little bit more play there. And with this imagery in Ezekiel, it is a little bit too easy, right? To be like, oh, clearly wheels. 
flying. Yeah. Obviously aliens, you know, having those powers and teleporting and stuff like that. And so yeah. I didn't find anybody who had a really interesting breakdown of specifically what it could be necessarily. But I did go down a rabbit hole of writers and thinkers and researchers. I'm going to append a question mark onto researchers okay. who have <laughs> written and postulated and theorized the most about this. So okay. from Ancient Aliens, that led me to this writer, Eric Anton Paul von Daniken. What a name. Who, what uh, a name. If you're going to write about wow. aliens, that's Goodness. a name to have. <laughs> I know. Yes. Yeah, so he is a Swiss guy. He has presented on Ancient Aliens a couple times before. Good. Now, he wrote a lot of books and was sort of one of the progenitors of these theories about aliens seeding human life or aliens influencing early human cultures, you know, aliens being the reason why we have the pyramids or mm, these different, yeah, like, of course. huge monuments and statues. You know, he was really one of the big influencers about that. Okay. Most people, it seems like people who are, like, actually archaeologists or historians or scientists, you know, reject his theories. Right. He even, like, went to prison for fraud and embezzlement as well. Oh, wow. So, like, cool. Goodness, really? But, no, but it's okay. He wrote a couple books from prison, and then he got out, and then he designed a theme park. So he's an interesting character. He designed a theme park. A theme park. About yes. what? Is it a theme park about aliens? ancient aliens? Because we <laughs> should called, go there. <laughs> for sure, we should. It's called Mystery Park, in, and it's in Switzerland, and it closed. So Farts. Okay. Ugh. <laughs> So sadly, we cannot. But we can imagine how good it could be to take a little field trip to Mystery Park. That would be oh, so for sure. Good. Yeah. Yes. So he wrote a book specifically called Chariots of the Gods? Question mark. That the gods. <laughs> yes. A okay. lot of people. A lot of people in the ancient aliens crowd really love this book and talk a lot about this book. Carl Sagan hated this guy and hated this book, mostly because he criticized him for kind of like logical fallacies specifically okay. in thinking about these things. Mm, okay. Something that I didn't realize and I should have realized that often a criticism of these theories is, first of all, it's often, you know, assuming that early humans were not intelligent, hmm. you know, like couldn't figure out the engineering to build the pyramids. Right. For instance. Right. And for some reason, we didn't figure that out until like 50 years ago or whatever. Then we were intelligent enough to figure that out. Um, often, specifically, the, the accusation gets thrown at, at Von Doniken here is that his theories are very much associated with kind of like, oh, ancient Europeans had this all figured out, but pretty much anyone non-white, clearly aliens were helping them. That it kind of mm, tends to fall along those lines yeah. of being like, maybe, maybe a little bit racist. So, so that's a thing as well. Now, Von Daniken went on to inspire this other guy whose name is Joseph F. Blumerich, who, okay. he was a ufologist, and he was really skeptical, though, of Von Danrich's theories and went to disprove him, but then ended up being convinced that he was actually right and totally hook, line, and sinker was all, specifically all about Ezekiel. Was like, yes, Ezekiel is clear proof that there were spacecraft, there were aliens, we absolutely know that this was the case. Um, <laughs> I love that. Goodness. Okay. Bloomberg did go on to actually publish an academic article about this. And it's an article he published in the 70s. It's called The Spaceships of the Prophet Ezekiel. I found the actual article itself. The spaceships? The spaceships of the Prophet Ezekiel. Cool. Cool. Yes. And this article is interesting because this is him trying to create technical drawings of what he thinks 
the spaceships could have looked like or how they could have operated. Okay. And now, because of him creating those technical drawings, he got inspired to create this proposal of a wheel that is capable not only of going forward and backwards, but also sideways as well. Mm, okay. Mm-hmm. He patented the design of that wheel. Oh. That is now known as the Omni Wheel, and it's used all the time specifically in uh, robotics. Oh, wow. For, for designing small autonomous robots that can kind of move not only forward and back, but also side to side on a wheel-like structure. Yeah. They did teach us in a roundabout way how to make robots. In a roundabout way, we did get some very valuable alien technology for our robots. Wow. Wow. Amazing. I don't, yeah, that's pretty cool. Also, if you go to spaceshipsofezekiel.com, just feast your eyes on a wonderful, wonderful okay. early 90s right, website. Oh, I, I do love those. <laughs> do, do love those. I, I also just did a little bit of searching here. And this park, Mystery Park, did close. Yes. But then it was bought by someone else and has been reopened. Oh, boy. And it is now open. Oh. Just in the summers. In Switzerland. But I don't know if it has all the same stuff because I did look it up and it did have attractions that were all based around ancient aliens and stuff like that. Mm. And there was some controversy that there was a crop circle competition. Excuse me? Where they wanted people to like design crop circles that they were going to do in an exhibition there. And no one signed up, apparently. So they hired someone to do wow. it. Oh. And they set up a, a webcam that at that time would just take still images every day. And on the day that they were supposed to come and design the crop circles, that morning, there was crop circles there before they had planned to put them there. Uh, it was amazing. And but, a bunch of investigators came and said, yeah, these are man-made. Come on. Right. <laughs> oh my gosh. That feels like it's a little too... A little too convenient. Come on. Yeah. Come on, folks. Yeah. Come on, folks. I did look up the spaceships of Ezekiel.com, and you're right, Dedeker. It is truly amazing. It's, yeah. it's a true delight yeah. for the senses. Really brings me back. <laughs> I just ran across your site and was most impressed by your fair analysis of my father's book and his intentions. I don't know what that is. Oh, because it's the spaceships of Ezekiel by Joseph F. Bloomrich. Oh, good. Bloomrich. Okay. Yeah. Bloomrich. Yeah. I see. Amazing. Okay. So anyway, anyway that's what fun. I got. Um, just to uh, like a tiny bit of spoilers. This is not going to be Ezekiel's first allegedly alien encounter. Oh, good. There's going to be good. some more throughout good, the book. Good, good. Okay. I was worried that this was going to be just like boring the rest of the time. So I'm excited. There's going to be some more visions. Oh, and also something that I thought I'd toss in for Emily's sake is just so you know, uh-huh. Christians, at least definitely the Christian culture that I grew up in and certain Christian cultures and subcultures out there, very anti- Aliens. Of course. Anti the alien Oh, yeah, of course. Because that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Then it's not God. There's some that go so far to say is like, if you think that you've seen an alien, it was probably Mm. actually a demon. A demon. That it was an alien. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Well, sorry to hear that. Mm -hmm. But yeah, look out for those demons, everyone. (laughs) Yes. Goodness. Quite. All righty. Well, that was a blast. I'm I cannot wait. That was just really, really fun. Really, really interesting. I hope that we get more of that, but maybe he blew his whole load in the very first chapter and it'll be all downhill from there. But hopefully not. We'll see what happens. It'll be a good time. We'll see y'all next week for more. Ezekiel. <laughs>